In the ever-changing digital landscape, brands and agencies are constantly looking for better ways to reach their audiences. Brawili Siyama, the founder and CEO of Initiate, has spent over 15 years researching what makes audiences tick on social media and beyond. I ask him what brands should focus on in their digital strategy and whether the obsession with a large following is worth it. We need to be clearer and not be driven by, you know, the... the the egotistical kind of uh, uh, driven goals as opposed to what is it that we can do? Why do we need to grow this way versus that way? And how are we going to ensure that we get a a good quality of followers as opposed to just numbers? We also address the question of whether AI will affect your job in the creative industry and beyond. And and in many cases, um, uh, AI has got a, a huge productive um, aspect to it. Yes, it will, de- it, it will, it will um, decimate some jobs. And what you can do about it. One of the first things that we need to be doing, all of us, whether we work for, for ourselves within, uh, or work within agencies or work within companies, the question we must always be preoccupying ourselves with lately is, how do I become AI literate? For more insightful conversations, subscribe to the Lead Creative Podcast and please share this episode. It really helps. Welcome to the Lead Creative Podcast, where we talk to creative industry leaders, influencers, and brands. We discuss the strategies that influence brand thinking and shape industries. Thought leaders and heads of agencies let us in on some of their thinking and insights. I'm your host, Mungi Simtati. Enjoy the show and please share and subscribe. But I really thanks for making the time to talk to us on the Lead Creative. Yeah, what an honor. It's um and I'm glad we are talking now because this is season five. So we had to prepare for you, basically, right? Like Man, man, that's special. (laughs) I feel very honored right now. (laughs) So we had to make sure that everything was working before we could bring the legend in. Um, So when you started your agency, Initiate, in 2008, social media was very much at its infancy at the time. We were just trying to figure out what this thing can do and how it can change our lives. And fast forward couple of years later it has changed our lives but i suppose the question for me is what are you seeing that brands are still doing today that they were doing then which should have changed but hasn't you know funny funny enough uh, uh Pudmong is the more things change the more they stay the same <laughs> yeah yeah true it's, it's just been my experience uh you are right um you know it's been uh, um, uh, that long time ago, we've been in the game now for 15 solid years. Yeah. And uh, uh, personally, my 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 area of passion has been has been uh, you know in the analytics space. Sure. Um, which which was which was a discovery. I I didn't know that I love analytics this much until I I you know I went into the online space. Mm. Um, but back to, to, to your question, we, we finding that brands are still doing the same old, same old thing. Mm-hmm. Let's, let, let's, let's, let's go back to traditional media to make the point. Sure. To this day, a lot of, fr- of, of, of brands, friends, a lot of brands are using TV, but they're still battling to really measure the impact of, of, of TV and I'm using TV as the largest of the of the traditional media mm. um, to be able to to effectively measure its impact on their brands they, they have a general view sure um, um, but really the, the, the brands that uh, that can arguably say that they have a better understanding are those that are tracking return on investment in so far as sales go. And these tend to be insurance companies because they run infomercials with a number specific to that advert on that TV station right. uh, for that particular program. So they're able to track then what is the, 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 the conversion rate from when you see the, the uh, such information to the sales that then follow. 
but by and large the bulk of the of, of the brands don't it's no different insofar as the digital space is concerned and in fact we finding we found and this continues to be the case that the it is even more confusing in the digital space because there are so many more metrics that you can measure you know um because again when you go back to tv there's only so many audience rating is is uh, uh one measure that tends to be used the most um um but because your advert is been is been uh, uh, flighted together with other with other adverts there's all sorts of estimations that are being made now in the digital space the amount of metrics that you can measure is just overwhelming yeah and and this makes it even more difficult for for for, for brands which then uh, leads them to to measuring what i choose to call the shiny objects sure you know um um how many people have have seen this which then speaks to to reach and uh, and uh, impressions to some extent what have been the engagements and even with engagements there's also a few more uh, sap uh, uh, metrics that you can you can talk to there right. is it likes is it shares is it comments is it is it is it so so we finding that uh, brands are, are, are battling with uh, with that too now they the industry has now tried to import the 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 concept of of uh, ROI into the digital space but there's still no common agreement as to what ROI means in the in in a digital sense because uh, a digital is not as good in terms of being a sales conversion as it is a a brand discovery and and a, a brand building a, a, a channel mm-hmm. and there's a whole lot of of uh, of argument uh, in so far as this is concerned too i remember i had a debate with uh, with mashudu um I some time ago when I said you can't treat this um primarily as a as a sales channel and he said no you can. Right. Uh, and 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 that already tells you that you know there is no universal science in so far as the issue of the digital space is concerned. So where am I going with this? Where I'm going with this is that brand brands are still battling. Mm-hmm. I I suppose we as the practitioners are also to blame because we're not helping the brands. We're supposed to be helping the brands to be able to pick the right metrics given their objectives and 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 be able to to help them measure properly so let's we know we let's we unpack a little bit blame. around this rp yeah. picking the right metrics uh because there are of course b2b scenarios b2c scenarios and even in mm-hmm. either one you can go deeper and get more specific I like the fact that you mentioned yeah. that sometimes brands like to measure the shiny metrics, the vanity metrics as some as some might say. In these instances when as you say you can't really measure it or at least you know direct it to a sale to say this is the person who looked at my Facebook post or my post on X and this is the sale as a result because all of this becomes a a basket or forms part of this basket of brand discovery awareness and all of these things what should we then be measuring at different levels awesome now i i want to answer that question coming at it from two angles mm-hmm. the first angle is we need to know where our brand is in so far as the, the the digital funnel itself is concerned because some brands are much more established take nando's some brands are still at the starting blocks uh takes take the which is which is this new um 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 the insurance chicken company. brand that is kind of creating oh yes Come yes again. uh i think that's creating I'm not the sure, waves but i, I think I, I, I don't i think it's pedro yeah. probably pedros but i'm not sure if it is there pedros. you go there you go there you go so when you are pedro and when you are nandos you can't measure the same stuff mm-hmm. because um in so far as the the let me let me generically call it the digital maturity um continuum you still have the starting blocks as pedro the nandos who've been added um for such a long time and really established themselves and they know what they're doing and they've kind of bent their fingers a few times to know what works and what doesn't 
even though as 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 we we've all uh, come to know the digital space is of the nature that you can't really say you know it all True. but you know enough to be able to do what needs to be done so 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 the issue of of plotting your brand along this uh, uh, digital maturity uh, continuum is important because that will then determine which metrics you must uh, uh, then uh, look at so let, let me stick with the two examples sure. because because they, they, they are kind of they are kind of most common uh, insofar as uh, the average marketer is concerned. So when you are Pedro, you you are still within the the brand discovery uh, um, um, uh, kind of stage, but when you are Nando's, you are more within the the the. You are farther down the line insofar as the continuum is concerned. So your focus tends to then be about community development. Sure. Um, when you're Pedro, you've got such a limited community for you to be worrying about development, but more how do I get this brand out there so that it has a higher reach mm-hmm. versus how do I make sure that I consolidate insofar as the community that I've grown over over the time, so those are the two kind of uh, ends of, of of the of the of the spectrum, and each brand needs to know this. the The trouble is that uh, many of of the brands want to rush along quickly. Mm-hmm. To I want to, you know, I have so many followers, and right. and, and therefore I'm strong. And 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 this interestingly kind of uh, reminds me of the debate that uh, Jack Dorsey, the then CEO of Twitter, um, was, was having with, uh, with uh, you know, some of the, of the so-called experts within this stage, this space where he was saying, you know, Twitter to many people may be smaller yes. than the other social networks. Yeah. But the issue of numbers is not the only measure. And in fact, we want to downgrade it as a measure. Right. Because for us as Twitter, engagement is key. So we want to be looking more at engagement than we do at, um, at, at, at numbers. And hopefully we will talk about Twitter and the numbers, uh, you know, during the, mm. the, 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 the course of this chat. Yeah. But, but I, I want to then go back to the question that you were asking. You need to know where your brand is along this uh, digital maturity continuum and then link the proper metrics that, that, that go to this. Now, we took a step uh, um, amongst, uh, in 2019 at coming up with uh, what we call the science of metric selection. Uh, we actually uh, call our model the one plus four metric matrix. Right. Because what we found is, given that there are so many metrics that you can select, um, our recommendation to brands that we work with and everybody who cares to listen out in the market is yes, you need a minimum of one input metric and a maximum of one output metric. What do I mean? There are metrics that we can control. You can't control engagement. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. We, we wish for engagement, but as to whether you will get 200 likes versus 50 likes versus versus, it's not in your control. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that you can control has got to do with the quality of the content that you that you put out there. Has got to do with uh, the, the 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 content mix uh, that you that you put together. Has got to do with uh, how you leverage, um, uh, you know, user generated content for purposes of being able to amplify your own messages. Those are the those are kind of the input metrics that you can control. And uh, hence, hence we're saying, have a maximum, minimum of one, maximum of four, not more. Um, and then have one output metric. As I said, engagement, which you can even break further down, is one such uh, uh, output metric that you, that, that, that you can have. And the more specific you are, the better. And we give different examples uh, in, in the paper that we put out there in 2019, as I said. Happy to, to actually share that with you so that you can include it uh, uh, maybe in the, in the podcast notes. Sure. So, so um, uh, hopefully that is what brands can use more and be clear what they're looking for. I want to just make a quick example and, and, and yeah. allow you to come in in case mm. you want to ask further questions. We had a brand that uh, we were doing work for back in 2015. And um, 
when we when we uh, took over this brand, um, um, uh, you know, they were sitting at around a thousand Twitter followers at that stage, and one of their of their uh, goals for us. This was a six-month uh, uh, um, uh, stint, by the way. And they said, by the end of six months, six months, we want to get 20,000 followers. It was like, okay, what informs that number? Yeah. And, and you know, they were kind of ducking and diving, and we came to discover down the line, it's because they were in competition with uh, the bigger brand within, um, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the group. And that brand was already sitting at 50,000 uh, Twitter followers. So they wanted to get to that number by hook or crook. And we said to them, yes, you can get there, but it means you have to buy the followers. And the problem with that is that you don't know the quality of the followers because you can never get there uh, based on organic stuff. Sure. Even in cases where you promote the content, you're not guaranteed to get to 20,000 from 1,000 followers in six months. And they had been in the market, um, uh, uh, they had been on Twitter at that stage for a good three years. So, so the point I'm then making goes back to this issue of metrics. Which metrics do we choose? Why do we choose those mm-hmm. metrics? Where are we in terms of the brand along the continuum? We need to be clearer and not be driven by, you know, the, the, the egotistical kind of uh, uh, driven goals as opposed to what is it that we can do? Why do we need to grow this way versus that way? And how are we going to ensure that we get a quali- a good quality of followers as opposed to just numbers? Back to that's you. a that's a that's a that's a, a really I think that's a really great observation and that's a great point because there's this obsession among brands as well as individuals of numbers, right? And the number of followers, the number of uh, engaged, uh, I suppose, people or accounts, then can then be turned into some form of ROI, or at least that's the that's the the belief, right? So, if you are an individual, the number of followers that you have across platforms makes you a micro influencer, a nano influencer, whatever the case is, based on just the numbers, and not necessarily the quality of the following, as you put it. So how then do we reconcile this obsession with the number of followers, the number of people we supposedly reach when that number is actually something that we just make up? Yeah. It, it's interesting you're asking that, that, that question. You know, there is a tool which is called fake followers. Sure. And and I know there's there's a few more tools out there. Um. um when you use this tool, what it will show to you is that some people actually buy followers. You will know this based on just the extent of the fake followers that they have within their community. Mm-hmm. Okay? Fake followers uh, uh, would mainly be bots. Okay? Now, um, uh, so the higher the, 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 the percentage uh, of, of fake followers, you know that they, they have probably bought, uh, bought their followers. There is there is also a a kind of common trend where the bigger you grow, Bonang Mateva being one example, sure. the bigger you grow, the bigger the extent of the fake followers because these bots tend to follow those who are well known uh, across these spaces. Mm-hmm. And let's stick with Twitter uh, because it's an it's an easier kind of example. So, so the 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 increasingly brands that are clever, they're saying, look. It's great that we have um, uh, such a number of followers for for ourselves within our community, but how engaged are these followers? Right. So increasingly, the, the tools are now starting to say, it's not good enough to have followers, but we must also be asking the question, what is the extent of, of, of the engagement that these followers um, um, give us? Yes. So, so you now... Um, uh, start to kind of tone down of, on the number of, of, of followers, keep it in balance. We do need some form of followers mm-hmm. because we don't want to be talking to ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I make, I make an example of a church minister where you don't want to be talking to, to yourself in an empty church, but at the same time, you don't want to be talking, you don't want to have a church full of people who are not interested in your sermon. Mm. So it's finding a nice balance between, between, between those two. two. So, sure. so a yeah. lot of the, of, of, of the tools are now looking at the quality of the engagement, 
which tells us something about the level of interest that our followers have in us as brands and 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 also to to that extent um uh, you know how much of these engagements are resulting in them becoming our own silent salesmen sure. because if they like what we say they will then go and share our our content the message, they yeah. will also even uh, go talk about our content without, with, you know, unsolicited. Nando's is, is, is an example back there. Because if there's any interesting trend that's, uh, that's taking root um, uh, out in the market, and especially within the entertainment uh, space, you will hear some of the, of the, of the uh, uh, tweets asking, we wonder what Nando's is going to say about yeah. this. That's how you know that Nando's has got... Um, um, you know, a following that is really engaged, that have been observing what they're doing, and they are starting to now find relevance for them mm. insofar as the various trending topics go. So, so that, that, that question that, that you asked is, is really a key one indeed. If you're enjoying The Lead Creative, please share this episode with your network and hit follow or subscribe. Enjoy the show. So I want to ask... Uh, so it's sort of a two-pronged question here, right? Um, again, on this numbers and followers and number of followers thing. And, and this, is, <clears throat> this is something that the one side is something that I get a lot being a podcaster uh, sort of playing in this space. And this is a question around how many followers do you have? How many subscribers do you have? How many this, how many that, right? Because of course, brands want that coverage before they can collaborate and partner. So, so that's the one side of the question. And the, and this side of the question really is this idea of, I may have five followers, a hundred followers, but I talk to you on the podcast and I talk to someone who has 100,000 followers, someone who has 200,000 followers, a million followers, someone who has followers on, on LinkedIn more than on X, where they probably focus less. So then what is the value of me having 10 followers when I actually talk to someone who has 100,000 followers and helps to amplify my message? And that is the basis of my platform. So, so that's the one side of the question. Like, what's, why are numbers so important because you also work with brands. So why are numbers so important to brands when increasingly the numbers matter less because of who can amplify the message of the person who has, uh, who has, ten, who has sort of 10 followers? Is it just or is it about the quality of the followers? Because I hear you coming back to quality quite a lot with this fake followers and everything else. So that's one side of the question. And the other side is there's this obsession with numbers, again, among brands who are in the B2B space, when in actual fact, we know that if you're in B2B, you probably play a lot on LinkedIn. And if you play a lot on LinkedIn, statistics will tell you that most people who are on LinkedIn are job seekers. Yes, there are many professionals in the professional space, but most people, they are job seekers. So if you increase your followers on LinkedIn as a brand, it's likely that you're increasing your followers with job seekers rather than potential clients. So then, so that's the second part of the question. How do we then reconcile this idea of numbers when a person with very with a very little following can have their message amplified by people with a bigger following? And how do you then um, talk about this idea of numbers and number of followers on a LinkedIn or if we are a B two B brand? Okay, the response to to to, to the first question, uh, monks, is that. It is up to you as a podcaster to, to be a bit of a data junkie because when you are that, you are able to show more than just the, the, the issue of followers to the point that you made. I may have 10 followers, but look at the level of amplification of my podcast because of the quality of, uh, of uh, uh, the guests that I have. Um, um, because if you, if you have... You know, you 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 uh, um, uh, recently had Sechaba. You, you had um, um, the gentleman from uh, PwC. Uh, you've had uh, Seth Gordon. Those are big names within within the online space. So so the question is, how do you then show without just talking about about the your guests themselves, sure. but just through them? What is the level of engagement that you that 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 uh, 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 that is being seen? Mm -hmm. 
The second, the second thing to, to being a data junkie is then starting to show how many of your followers tend to keep coming back. Because that's a, that's a, that's a sign of stickability. You know, you can have as many followers as, as you like. I, I, you will know that in addition to your podcast, which I try and listen to uh, religiously because you are my brother, not, not for any, for, uh, let me rephrase because that may sound, uh, 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 <laughs> no, that it may be no, taken it's good enough for me, by the way, but yeah. <laughs> well, but for the, for the, for the listening yeah. audience, it may be taken out of context. I listen to your podcast because it's got good quality uh, uh, um, uh, content coming from, you know, uh, the, 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 the selection of inter, um, of uh, guests that you have. Hence I've mentioned search and, uh, PwC guy and and also Seth. I mean, Seth is a big big uh, 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 deal within the marketing um, uh, thing. You will know offline. I asked you, how did you get hold of Seth? <laughs> you know, uh, because he's not known to be to be so publicly available. So it was a huge huge scoop for you. I must I must admit. But anyway, the point is, of those few followers that you may have, how many of them keep coming back? I'm evidently one of them. Um, and, and, and then the, 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 question that then goes with this is, okay, um, um, if you have many of these people coming back, there is an element of stickability. There's a good chance that, that the brands that you work with will get oh so much value because we know that messages that tend to stick are the ones that uh, are being heard more than once. So, so from a data junkie point of view, if you're able to demonstrate that uh, that to brands, uh, hopefully it's not only brands that are just interested in numbers for numbers' sake, mm. but the quality uh, of, of of the numbers that, that that you have, which you can demonstrate as such. Now, the the second point to to uh, uh, to the question uh, you were asking about the whole issue of uh, LinkedIn and the yeah, job seeker yeah. versus uh, versus clients. Cool. Now. The question becomes, how much of the potential call to action are you able to, to elicit when you're talking to, uh, uh, to your community? Because when you have a brand partnership going, you will, uh, um, you know, intermittently tell us about, about uh, you know, this, 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 these brands that you're in partnership with. And you are able to then measure the extent of the call to action that you are asking us to take, because that also demonstrates whether these brands are getting their their their, their value for, for 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 their money, and if you're able to 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 demonstrate that, hopefully the brands will see beyond just the 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 you know the size of your community, because there are a whole lot of of, of people who are getting these large numbers, right? Uh, but those numbers are found to be poor quality numbers. So what is the point in the end? Yeah. Right, so 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 we should be focused really on the quality of the numbers rather than the numbers themselves. Absolutely, and, and how Absolutely. and measure how many people sort of return as a sign that our content resonates with more and more of the right yeah. people. That yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Now, you've been you've been following trending content for years now and analyzing this trending content. You spoke about analytics earlier. Yeah. Now, social media has become, has increasingly become a pay-to-play space where this idea of this engagement that you talk about has come down quite a lot, so much so that even community management has reduced in, in, in most, uh, in many spaces around this space. So then with this pay-to-play model that is increasing mm-hmm. on social media day by day, are there still opportunities to create groundbreaking organic content for brands without paying for it? I think they are. Yes, they're becoming more difficult with time, but certainly they are. Um, and I say this because when it comes to, to, to communications, there will always be an opportunity for new trends to, to take root uh, because they, 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 the technologies themselves are developing and they, they then present certain opportunities for us if we are able to to follow such developments and keep asking ourselves, how can we do things better, differently, uh, and so on and so on. So th- there's definitely those, uh, those opportunities because if there weren't, mm. we wouldn't be seeing 
new entrants into the market making a name for themselves. So the, 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 those opportunities will always be there. The key thing with, uh, with brands and all of us, um, uh, even the practitioners like in my case, is to keep asking, how do we keep up with these developments and how do we leverage these, these uh, developments as they, as they occur and in some cases try and be ahead of the, of, of the trends them, themselves? The biggest trend at the moment is AI. Sure. So the question that we should be asking is, okay, what does AI mean for us? And, and hopefully we will talk about that during, during the duration of, uh, of, of this chat. Because if we forever rely on the things that we used to do last year, two years ago, five years ago, and you know we are so um, uh, fixed insofar as that formula, um, we run the risk that these new developments, uh, a good number of which are very disruptive, will really cut us off guard because we find that we, we stick into the old ways of doing things when there are opportunities to be, doing, to, be, to be doing new things or doing the same things in a new or different way. Makes sense. That makes so there's definitely opportunities. Okay, okay. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the fall or the demise of X. Some brands are leaving. Yeah. Other brands are staying. Some experts are saying yeah. it's getting better. Some people are saying it's getting worse. Um, what yeah. are your thoughts, one, on where it's going? And secondly, how brands can safeguard themselves in what they deem to be the negativity across various platforms, not just X. Now, it, it, it's, it's interesting, and, and by the way, I refuse to call it X. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, Elon has kind of lost his marbles there. Let's see how long it's going gonna, it's gonna to last, uh, because I, I, I tend to kind of catch on a, a, a bit slower when it comes to, to issues of, of brands and names, to be honest. Um, but anyway... Uh, if you allow me, I'll call it Twitter. Sure. Let's use Twitter as an example. We thought, even I thought, uh, that you know, with 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 Elon being being the kind of maverick that he he is, I thought that when he took over Twitter, we will see a a seismic uh, a kind of shift. People are going to go away. Threats came into into into, into the market, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg was telling us that you know the the numbers are are kind of increasing at an exponential uh, rate. Even Jack Dorsey was looking uh, at, at introducing an alternative to Twitter. Uh, we know that before uh, uh, Elon took over Twitter, um, uh, uh, you know, there was Clubhouse, which was uh, threatening to do things differently. And when you ask about Clubhouse now, now it's nowhere. <laughs> um, threats was a bit of a flash in the pan from... from uh, 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 my own uh, uh, experience. And interestingly, when you look at the stats for Twitter, Twitter has had their biggest quarter ever in September of 2023. Um, for the longest period, Twitter was hovering uh, globally at 300 million uh, 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 monthly active users. But in September 2023, it hit a, a, a number of over 500 uh, monthly active, active users. So that tells you that uh, something is happening there. Now, um, and, and there are many lessons that we can take from this. One such lesson is people have become familiar with Twitter. Um, it's working for them. And they don't have a fundamental reason outside of just the, 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 the cancel culture. They don't have a fundamental reason to move away. Right. Um, and, and, you know, one classic example for, for those of us who've been, who've been following, uh, AI developments, we know that in November of, of, of last year, there was a whole saga happening at OpenAI where on the 17th of uh, November, Sam Altman, the CEO and co-founder of OpenAI was given the boot by the board. Five days later, he was rehired. Uh, because there was a there was a, a threat from the em employees that they were going to stage a, a major major uh, a resignation and go join him at Microsoft. Right. All of this was playing out on Twitter ahead of all the other platforms. We we were following it live on Twitter and nowhere else. Mm -hmm. The other platforms were kind of you know catching up with what was happening after it had happened. Yeah. 
So the point about about this particular thing is is that Twitter continues to be strong. Yes, we can't say you know in this space we can never say never because stuff has happened. Now you, we must remember you know there have been so many obituaries uh, uh, written about about Facebook and it's still here. Yes, true, true. <laughs> you know even the so-called influencers who claim that they have moved away from Facebook are still on Facebook. So the point the point that I'm making there is that. Twitter is still around. It's still doing its own thing. And guess what? My prediction is because there's still the likes of you and me who are using Twitter, brands will come back. Because, you know, it's, it's unlike in the past where as consumers, we, we, we needed to follow the brands to be able to know what they're doing. Mm. Right now, brands follow us. Yeah. So with the, with, the, with the fact that Twitter is growing in terms of monthly active users, Brands will have no choice but to come back, yeah. Because where else can they go? Yeah, I think that you remi- know? that reminds um, me of I think twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. I think it was when there was mm-hmm. a when there was said to be a mass exodus of brands outside of Facebook. We're not hearing about that there you go. as much today. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're making a lot of sense there. You keep mentioning AI, and I think let's jump on to let's jump on to that because that is one of the areas that's affecting creativity, that's affecting strategies at the moment. Um, so in your view, what is the role of AI in a digital strategy before we get to the creative side? Now, here, here's the thing. Let, let, me, let me take you back just one step. Mm. Um, I, I, I follow AI trends uh, deliberately, actively, um, because I worry that at, at, at my age, I may become an old dog who doesn't learn new tricks. So I'm making sure that I deliberately follow these, uh, these uh, uh, trends so that I can adapt and, you know, I can be agile uh, as and when there, there is a need. And there's already that need. Sure. So, so um, um, when you look at the latest report, um, that was published by by the IMF, and I noticed that the same report was actually uh, the one that was that was coming from um, from uh, World Econ- Economics Forum's uh, uh, jobs report. It indicates that there are certain um, uh, jobs that are going to be most affected by AI, um, and from a sector perspective, yeah, marketing. Uh, and uh, and um, uh, you know the the whole creative uh, um, uh, sector, we are quite high up. Sure. So why am I mentioning this? I'm mentioning it because it's it's important to kind of understand how that forms the context for the role of AI in so far as digital strategy is concerned. That if 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 AI in this case is is having such an impact in so far as as jobs within marketing and creative uh, uh, sectors are, are concerned, it means that the digital strategy is being affected directly as well. Right. Um, um, you know, before, before the, the advent of, of, of generative, generative AI, which really, you know, hit, hit the market in November of 2022, we thought that robotics were going to have the major impact on jobs, which at that stage was alluding to blue-collar jobs. Come generative AI, it has, it has really just turned that on its head. Now the jobs that are being affected the most are actually the white-collar jobs. Right. Any white-collar jobs that have got the prospect of, of being automated are being affected directly. And it's not any different for us within the, within the, 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 the marketing, communication, and advertising industry. And, and so is the case in so far as digital strategy is concerned. So the question all of us must be asking, regardless of the sector, is um, the extent to which our jobs are going to be affected or have already been affected by automation. Leave AI uh, 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 aside because we, we, we get our, our, our ourselves so so uh, confused about, about AI and, and we're trying to give it all sorts of... Uh, um, uh, definitions and, and, and that. Just ask the question, what is the extent uh, that my job is going to be automated? As soon as you have some kind of an answer to that, 
then you know how much of an impact AI is going to have on, on these uh, different roles, strategy included. And we could argue that maybe strategy itself, um, uh, uh, because it's such an involved uh, a, a process at a mental level, yes. it may not be a, uh, affected to the same extent as writing, but it's going to be affected regardless. Both positively and negatively, by the way, because in a lot of cases when we're talking about the impact on AI on the various uh, uh, sectors and roles, we tend, to think about, we tend to think about it in a negative way. There's also the positive way to this. And the positive way is for those who really are upskilling themselves to make sure that they can incorporate AI in terms of uh, uh, what they do, how is AI going to actually help them be, uh, do things faster, uh, more efficiently and 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 using less effort so so it happens both ways as it were if you're enjoying the lead creative please share this episode with your network and hit follow or subscribe enjoy the show now in terms of um, how we use it effectively in these industries yeah. as because yes it, it affects jobs but also it it empowers people who use it effectively. And you've been mentioning this, this idea of upskilling yourself and understanding it. In, which, in what instances or what use cases have you seen AI yeah. being used successfully? And I'm asking this because we've been talking about this quite a bit. That part we've been talking about quite a lot. But there's, the, the, there's a side to this that hasn't been uh, spoken about a lot where things are fully automated or brands are fully dependent on AI to almost replace either agency functions or functions that were predominantly delivered by somebody within the agency. I've asked this to brands as well. And, you know, brand leads or marketers in those spaces, CMOs say things like, I don't hire an agency for what I can get from AI. I hire an agency for what I can get from a human being, which is something completely yeah. different and that space will always exist. It might just mean you need less people to deliver on the work, but it might just exist. So how then do we use it effectively as a companion in the creative or as a collaborator in this creative process and the delivery of the strategy and the insight that you speak of? I like your, 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 your phrase on using AI as a companion because uh, uh, you know, we are finding that when we when we start viewing AI holistically, um, as opposed to to uh, you know likening into a boogeyman, we're most likely going to find the positives with it that can only help to make us more productive. And and in many cases, um, uh, AI has got a a huge productive um, aspect to it. Yes, it will, de- it, it will, it will um, uh, decimate some jobs. Every technology uh, 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 will decimate some jobs. Uh, you can look at all these technologies all the way from when we started with industrializations, from the agricultural era coming this way. Some jobs had been decimated, but at the same time, new jobs come up. Um, for those who are willing to upskill uh, to to uh, diversify and so on and so on. It's going to be the case uh, this time around. Um, so, so from the point of view of, of of your question, one of the first things that we need to be doing, all of us, whether we work for for ourselves within uh, or work within agencies or work within companies, the question we must always be preoccupying ourselves with lately is, how do I become AI literate? Let's start there. Because when we understand uh, 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 the, the, the positive impact of AI, we're able to then ask a question, how do I skill myself so that I become valuable um, uh, as an AI practitioner now? Because the greatest thing about, about AI, as has been found, is that it, it, is, it is helping uh, to, to democratize the issue of knowledge even more. Internet was meant to do that, but, uh, you know, we came to find not quiet, but AI is going to do it even more because you and me and everybody else now as you speak have got access to ChatGPT. 
We can use a free uh, the, the free version of of ChatGPT. We can do the same with Google Bard and a few other uh, such uh, uh, language uh, large language model platforms. So let's start by getting literate. Um, uh, um, even even if at a, at a, at a very artificial uh, level where we asking uh, ChatGPT to help us with uh, with uh, uh, stupid tasks. But at least we get into understand how it works, how it responds, and and with time we can start now going up the level insofar as using it as a as as, as a partner insofar as the jobs that uh, that uh, we do. Again, I say across the level, no one must assume that AI is not going to impact them. Even though we're finding that with some jobs more blue-collar jobs at this stage because robotics are still not there yet. Sure. So, so they, are not, they are least affected, but I'm using the word least to indicate the point that um, AI is going to affect us all at various levels with various intensities. So all of us have got the responsibility to be able to, to, to teach ourselves how AI works and how we can leverage it to, uh, to our to our advantage because if we, if we don't do so we we are in trouble so let's start first with literacy and from literacy then we can start learning the the technical in ins and outs of 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 uh, of, of using ai to improve our, our productivity levels now let me stick with it with the copywriters to make the point yeah as opposed to saying ai is taking copyright copywriting jobs away from us we should be asking, how do I use AI to be able to do what I was using to do quicker with less effort? Yes. Because we know that AI can help us do that. And it then opens a space for us to be able to do more or some other things because we know that we don't have to be panning stuff down from the first letter. Right. If, if uh, uh, we are cleverer at being able to use prompts, and there is now, uh, there are now lots and lots of um, of uh, sites, and podcasts, and uh, uh, YouTube videos that are helping us learn how to use prompts to be able to get the best answers possible on the likes of ChatGPT. Let's go there because, as part of uh, of of of, of uh, upskilling ourselves literacy wise, we'll be able to know how to ask the right questions to get the right the, the, the right responses and not be worried about hey this thing's going to take my job hey <laughs> this thing hallucinates yeah because we are only serving to create unnecessary barriers that can only make it more difficult for us to be able to learn how ai works no absolutely no absolutely yeah yeah i get it and i think the the biggest i think the biggest takeaway for me there is is literacy um, if we can be more AI literate, then we can use AI as a collaborative tool and also which then opens up other opportunities for us to work within the space, within a world of AI or within a world where AI works quite a lot. Um, now, but I mean, we have a, a question or a tradition on the show, and I'm sure if you've listened to, to the show, you've, you've, uh, you might have uh, caught on to this, but... Um, if you could ask any living person about their unique take on marketing creativity or their creative approach to work or life, who would that person be? And what is the one question that you would ask them? Poof. Um, you caught me off guard there. <laughs> Give me just one, 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 one second to, to, to come up with one. There are so many, sure. um, uh, you know, with, with me listening to, to all sorts of, uh, of, of uh, uh, various podcasts uh, uh, lately, many names come, uh, uh, come to mind. Uh, you know, Alex Homozi uh, is, is the one guy who readily comes to mind now. I know that he's not South African. Sure, and, it doesn't, it, he way, doesn't to, well, they don't have to be South African. Yeah. They could be from anywhere in the world. So what would you ask Alex Homozi? Why does he have such a dim view of of uh, of Africa when it comes to issues of um, of uh, uh, you know poverty? Uh, and and you know the, the the bone for me to 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 pick is that I tend to find that non Africans treat Africa as one country. Sure, you know it's about poverty in Africa, 
as opposed as you know as 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 though we are one nation uh when there are so many countries that are doing well if at the least pockets within within Africa that are really doing well otherwise we wouldn't be having the the the, the richest black person in the world coming from Africa uh being Dangote um that must be telling you something about about the fact that Africa is not necessarily just a a poverty stricken nation across the board I love Alex by the way. Uh that's why he comes so readily uh, to mind. I think his content is great. I love the way he comes across um uh, you know in in on the various uh, podcast and and uh, YouTube video platforms. But man, when it comes to Africa, he just makes these blanket statements and I think Alex, I wish you could just reach out to us Africans and ask us to to upskill you a little yeah. when it comes to 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 Africa that there's 54 countries in uh, uh, on this continent and some of them are really doing well mm-hmm. um uh, but yes that would be my my alex would be my pick and my question to him would be why is it that you have such a dim view of um, uh, of uh, uh, africa when it comes to issues of poverty that's me now there's a um there's a new question that i'd like to ask you um which mm-hmm. we've never asked before so this is the first time we're asking this one um so if there was one question that you could ask our next guest about the industry yeah. or their creative process what would you ask them when i would ask them uh we'll go back to ai as as i'm sure you 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 uh, uh you may guess and the question for me is are they following the 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 trends that have to do with the particular skills that will be most affected and least affected in so far as ai is concerned and specifically within within our industry that would be my question to them awesome but really thank you so much for making the time that there was a a lot in that that we could um unpack further um i would have loved to even talk more about the digital and social media landscape um you've given us a lot to think about in terms of ai as well and you've got uh these two questions that we can that we can ask the world thank you so much it was an honor talking to you thank you for having me i've been looking forward to, to this opportunity for a long while so i'm glad that uh, you know i can tick that on on my bucket list <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for listening to the lead creative Did you get one insight that's worth sharing from this episode? Please share it with your network or your friends. Pop me some of your ideas and innovative finds on Twitter on @mongesi. This podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find me on mongesi.com.